What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Triple R Podcast. This is uh, one of our pre-shows that we do every week. This week, we will be discussing a pay-per-view like we discuss every week. But first and foremost, let me introduce my co-host, uh, the Beast from Bonheim, Mr. Warren Lee. The Behemoth from Bonheim. Uh, what? The Behemoth from Bonheim. He's yeah, correct. From Bonheim. Behemoth. What did I say? You beast. said beast. Oh, yeah. It's Behemoth. Yeah, whatever. Potato to me. <laughs> potato. But, uh, but hello. How's I'm, I'm doing okay. How's everybody doing? Um ready to uh to do this pre-show. I'm interested to see this uh Survivor series, first of its kind in nineteen eighty seven. All right, fantastic. And uh Next is the monster from Manans, Mr. Chrisley. How's it going? Monster from Manans. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, it's going well. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Real excited to get into this uh, Survivor Series. First ever Survivor Series. It was interesting. It was interesting. Um, I had very high expectations, especially coming off of that bash at the beach, but I don't think those expectations were met, but we'll save that for the next episode. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into it in a few days. Uh, as uh, you guys have been well versed with so far, we are going to be talking about uh, Survivor Series pay per view, most notably 1987, which is the first ever Survivor Series. That's one we're going to talk about next. Uh, come out on Sunday. Today's Wednesday, so the next couple days. Uh, this is our fifth pre-show. Is that correct, guys? Yeah. Yes, fifth. fifth show. We're rolling, dude. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> so with that being said, let's get into the main topics of the pre-show. First and foremost, I want to talk about Bash for the Beach 96, which we watched last week. I want to give you guys the opportunity to share any final thoughts you may have. Uh, Warren, you first, please. Um. So... Uh... Bash of the Beach 96 will always have a, a, a special place in my wrestling fandom because of the magnitude of the formation of the NWO. Um, I've always been a big fan of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Obviously, if you're a kid that was born in the 80s and grew up watching wrestling in the 90s, you feel something about Hulk Hogan. And for him to make that turn there that nobody expected, um, that whole moment's always going to be very fresh in my mind. What I didn't realize watching this Bash at the Beach 96 back was that there was a whole other pay-per-view that still went on. Um, outside of the the Cruiserweight match in the beginning with Rey Mysterio and Psychosis, the middle part up until probably the Cruiserweight title match with Malenko and Disco Inferno, um could would have just they could have just put that on the pre-show or on WCW Saturday night or something anything but bash at the beach 96 um and then you get into the rest of the pay-per-view with the rest of the title matches that uh you know that where the pay-per-view kind of really started um but you forget about that when something so big happens uh with the whole the whole NWO forming that um that there was a whole other baby that was still going on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I didn't really 
remember any of the other matches either. But I think where you and I different opinions is I actually thoroughly enjoyed the entire show. Um, Chris, what what are your last thoughts? I mean, last thoughts. I I kind of agree with Warren. It's you know that that moment of Hogan turning and the formation of NWO. That I mean, people remember that moment. I don't know how many people remember that it was at the Bash at the Beach, and in that same pay per view, there was a dumb Carson City Silver Dollar match. Like nobody, no, it so overshadows the rest of that pay-per-view in such a crazy way. And I wonder if maybe they knew, maybe they had like an idea that this moment is going to be so crazy. No one's ever going to see it coming. We can just put whatever up top. Like it's not going to matter because all they're going to remember is this Hogan dropping this leg drop onto Macho Man, which I don't know. But I mean, Oh yeah, yeah, that Carson City match. I I'm still reeling from that. I just think it was such a ridiculous match. I think that they could have, it could have been good. It could have been better if you just tweaked a couple of little things, you know. And but, with the two guys that were in the match, Bubba, Big Bubba Rogers and John Tenta, both very credible and talented performers, right? Jim- Hart's one of the best managers of all times. Oh, yeah. Hands down. With all the pieces that were in the match, yeah, you you could put together a really good match between the three of them. Um, but adding the stipulation of getting the silver dollars and using it, the pole being way too high for them to, to way even. Way too high. Uh, for them even to think about grabbing it, then you got to ask them 300, two 300-plus pound guys to try and shimmy up a pole. Um, I just don't think it was well thought out. Yeah. 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 And I know, and I know Pilch feels, feels differently about it. Here's the thing is this happened in 1996. We're now in 2020. So we're talking 24 years in the future. Mm -hmm. And the three of us cannot stop talking about how ridiculous this match was. (laughs) We, we spent a lot. We spent a lot of time the show talking about it and now here the pre-show leading into our next pay review and we're still talking about it you're absolutely right at at some level and warren and i had this conversation off air is that i don't think this pay-per-view was really that great like top to bottom it's not it's not fan it's not a great pay-per-view but there's a lot of things that you remember from it and that that bring about discussions and i think that's what makes this my favorite that we've done so far is that you have you have good matches you have an absolutely just genre defining heel turn and you have something so absurd as a carson city silver dollar match between two people that are so out of shape they probably don't belong in a wrestling ring at that point (laughs) and yet this is all packed in the same two and a half hours it's just like wcw is so out of their minds but it it, it works to an extent like there is no part of me throughout this entire pay-per-view where i was bored maybe the the cruiserweight heavy the cruiserweight title match a little bit but after every match i'm just like oh my gosh what in the world are they going to do now? 
Like, how, each how ma- could it get more ridiculous? Each match definitely made you feel something either way. There was not a match there that was meh about or you just didn't care about. You well, either right. really you I mean, either really liked the technical wrestling of the, the Rey Mysterio psychosis match or you really liked uh, the Flair uh, Conan match or you just didn't like the public enemy nasty boys match, or you didn't like the Carson city silver dollar match, or you didn't understand that why they named it the tape fist match when it was actually just a regular match. Yeah. Don't get me started on hacksaw. (laughs) (laughs) Hacksaw is going to be prominent on this uh, survivor series coming up. So, you know, Uh, all right. So uh, let's, Let's finally, for now, ring the bell on Bachelor of the Beach 96. The bell is wrong. It wasn't here for a long time, but it was here for a great time, and we're all better people for watching it. May Bash at the Beach 96 rest in peace. Now on to our main topic of the evening. Uh, it is November 22nd. Tonight is the night of Survivor Series 2020. We don't have anything on the line, but we all did make our predictions as to who we thought we were going to win. So uh, we're going to go through the card. It's not the order of the matches that are happening. It's the order that I wrote them down on our Google document. So, you know, bear with us. WWE doesn't release the match schedule. So, you know, you got to deal with what you have in front of you. First match that I have written on here is going to be the... Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series match featuring the men. Uh, what what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the each team, and then I'll throw it to one of my two co-hosts. They're going to give their prediction as in as to why they think that team's going to win, and then so on and so forth. So first up is the men's Raw team. It's consisted of AJ Styles, uh, Matt Riddle, aka Riddle, Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, and Sheamus. The men's SmackDown team is Jey Uso, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, and the late edition of Otis. Let me throw it to you first, Chris. Who do you think is going to win this match and why? Uh, Raw. The Raw Survivor Series team is going to win hands down. And the reason why they're going to win, they call him Keith Lee. I call him Cousin. Uh, Keith Lee is just a phenomenal athlete. Um, he could single-handedly take anyone on the SmackDown team. Um, and then you have, uh, if Keith Lee doesn't get it done, the monster among men, Braun Strowman, uh, which he has done in the past, just will run through a team. I believe it was was it last, last year's or the year before he like eliminated four people in a row. Like it's just you have Keith Lee and Braun Strowman on the same team. You got Sheamus, uh, who can bro kick the crap out of anyone. You know, it's just those three alone. I think they could wipe the floor with anyone on that SmackDown team. I love Kevin Owens. Don't get me wrong, I love Kevin Owens. Um, Seth Rollins, love Seth Rollins and what he does. But I don't know. It's just Raw, Raw men's team is going to take it. All right, Chris. Thank you, uh, Warren. Your pick to win and why? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Team Raw as well for Cousin Keith Lee. Um, 
just too much firepower over there with with Braun and Keith and Sheamus. AJ, who's probably uh, in the running for best wrestler in the world. Um, you can never sleep on Matt Riddle. And I and like Chris said, I like a lot of people on Team SmackDown. I mean, just about everybody. Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, Otis. Um, but I think uh, Team Raw would just be too much for them to handle. Yeah, I also went with Team Raw here. And, uh, you know, I, I can't really say anything that you guys haven't already said. I just think that that Raw men's team is absolutely loaded. And not that the SmackDown team is bad. I, you know, just in comparison, I don't think it really holds a candle. So it, it's hard if you line them up person for person that you wouldn't you wouldn't just the Raw would obviously just obviously have the edge if you lined them mm-hmm. up person. person. Right. I agree. Um, all right. So the next match is going to be the Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series match. But this time we're going to go with the women. Uh, women's Raw team is going to be Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Peyton Royce, and Lacey Evans. The women's SmackDown team is going to be consist of Bailey, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Natalia. Um, Warren, who do you think is going to win and why? You guys know... If if a waifu is involved, you already know where I'm leaning. Bailey is captain of Team SmackDown. Team SmackDown is going to take this one. Uh, just again, there's a lot of firepower over there between Bailey and Bianca Belair. Uh, Ruby Riot is is tremendous. You cannot sleep on Natalia. She is the the grizzled vet out of this group. Um, and I just I just the raw team kind of loses a little steam after you get through the tag team champions and Lacey Evans. Nothing no disrespect to Lana and Peyton Royce, but I don't know if they're uh they're they're not on the same level as uh the rest of the people that are on Team SmackDown. So Team SmackDown is going to take this one down. All right. Fair enough. Chris, uh, who do you think is going to win and why? Okay. Even though I've also picked Team SmackDown, I have to disagree with Warren on something. Peyton Royce is every bit capable as anyone else on that Raw team. I love Peyton Royce. I would Uh even put Peyton Royce above Lacey Evans because Peyton Royce has had gold around her ways. Lacey Evans has not. Um, Nia Jax, not a big fan of Nia Jax. I think she's a liability in the ring. I can't believe she's still employed with the WWE and still gets to get in the ring. That is very, that is a very harsh take. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. It's just, I I wanted to like Nia Jax. I really did. When Nia Jax first came out in the scene back in NXT, I really wanted to like her, but she just... She's a liability, man. She too many injuries caused by her. And like I just can't can't support it. Sorry. I love you, Naya, as a person. I'm sure you're a great person. As a wrestler, maybe go back to de- developmental for like a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, a little more seasoning. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little dash of pepper. You know what I mean? Um Team SmackDown though. I don't know. Uh, they don't call her the EST for nothing. 
she's the the fastest, the strongest. She's the best. Uh, Bianca Belair, what she does in that ring, I would love to see Bianca Belair versus Naomi. Those two, their athletic ability, just pure athletic ability in that ring, the spots that you would see, it would be mind-blowing. Um, I think Bianca Belair is very talented. Um, she she came up very quickly in, in, in NXT, improved herself, made it to the main roster, and she is dazzling everyone over on SmackDown. Uh, love to see her in the ring. Um, the Riot Squad. Love the Riot Squad. Always love the Riot Squad. Ruby, Liv, even uh, the, the Viking lady. She's she's out. She had a baby. Congratulations. Um, did, did she have the baby yet? I think so. Maybe not. Maybe she's still pregnant. Maybe she's still still pregnant. pregnant. Um, and, um, Natalia, I mean, she's part of the Hart family dynasty. Of course I love Natalia. Um, and Bailey heel Bailey is great. I will say that I wasn't a big fan of a face Bailey, but heel Bailey love heel Bailey. I just think raw SmackDown team is definitely, uh, they have a little more, Je ne sais quoi to them um, over the Raw team, so I'm going SmackDown. All right. Uh, I'm also going to go Team SmackDown uh, for a similar reason as the Chris. I think that if there's one name out of the 10 that deserves a monster mega push, it's Bianca Belair. Um, I don't think there is as talented of an athlete, men or women in the wwe is bianca and i think we could all benefit from seeing her on tv a lot more than she already has been so team smackdown for me you know the raw team the only wrestler i really like on that entire team is peyton royce i'm not a nia Jax fan not a Shayna baszler fan not a lana fan not a lacey evans fan um on the women's SmackDown team, love Bailey, love Bianca, love Liv, Ruby Riot, take it or leave it. I'm not a huge fan of the boat. So, um, you know, Team SmackDown all the way. If you want to really see, or if you need proof to know the, the kind of athlete that Bianca Belair is. On the network, they, they've done a couple specials, uh, too, I think, where they do like an NXT combine um, where they go through a bunch of drills, they time them, they do weightlifting and whatnot. The winner of the drills for like the last maybe three or four years running, and that's men and women, Bianca Belair. Oh, Bianca's... In a class of her own, I think she needs to be pushed to the moon, and I hope this is the beginning of it. I mean, I would even say that Scott Steiner needs to pass on his moniker to Bianca Belair, and that is a genetic freak. She's just, she is just superior in in many ways. Um, she's just on a whole other level when it comes to her athletic ability. So I, I'm just small note to myself and thank you for mentioning Scott Steiner, but I'm adding him to the list of drops that I need to get. Oh yeah. Big bad booted daddy. You gotta have that drop. 
Oh, oh he'll, <laughs> he'll have a ton of drops. Trust me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Forget, we're going off the rails. So I know we've all agreed so far. I promise the audience that the picks will get more varied as we go along. So the next match we have on the card is the Raw Women's Champion Asuka versus the SmackDown Women's Champion Sasha Banks. Chris, who do you believe is going to win this match and why? Sasha's not ready for Asuka. End of note. Okay, great. Warren, who do you think is going to win this match? Why? <laughs> um, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, Asuka is nobody is ready for Asuka. I think uh, Sasha is is going to be in a world of hurt here. Um, she's going to Asuka's going to win her strap back and uh, maybe uh, I don't know set something up for down the line. I don't know something. Maybe her and Bailey will unify the titles or something. But I'm going Asuka Wait, here. You said Asuka's going in the strap back? What do you mean by that? The belt. She already has the belt. Who has the Oh, Asuka has the belt? Yeah. This is a oh. champion versus champion match. Oh, my apologies. Asuka's still winning here. <laughs> All right. So... My votes for Sasha Banks. Um, I do believe we're in the middle of a Sasha Banks mega push. I, I've said that on this show multiple times already. I'm going to stand by it. I think it's time for her to break out of this mold of being a one and done champion and actually make a, a solid run in the WWE. And I don't think there's any better way to solidify that than beating the champion on the other brand. So my vote is for Sasha Banks. Next up, we have the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, WWE Raw champion versus WWE SmackDown champion. Warren, who do you believe wins this match and why? I think we talked about this the last time we did picks. Um, Roman, Roman Reigns goes over. So I'm going to say Roman. It's going to beat Drew here uh, and uh, go about his business uh, as the tribal chief. Oh, thank you, tribal chief. Chris, who do you think is going to win and why? I, as you know, as Warren says, you know, he has his waifu, Bailey, and he always has to pick Bailey. Um, Drew, even though, I mean, it's not weird like that, but I just... When Drew wrestles, I always go Drew. Drew McIntyre. Hugh-Fu. Yeah, <laughs> Hugh-Fu, I guess. I don't know. It's actually uh, Husbando. Husbando. There we go. Husbando. I, I like Hugh-Fu better. Looking <laughs> um, uh, I, I guess when Drew was originally in WWE, wasn't a fan. Was not a fan. Um, but he left, he worked on himself, worked in other promotions, you know, he's in TNA, he was, did some independent stuff and, uh, got hit the gym hard. He got <laughs> swole. Popular, by all means. 
Horde. And, uh, he came back, and oh man, his performance in NXT unparalleled. Got up to the main roster. You know they had him. You know, uh, what would you call it? Like, uh, you know, he kind of like dicked around with a couple people. You know, he hooked up with him and Dolph for a while, and then he was with who's he with after Dolph? He like clinged on to someone else after a while, and then they finally got him on his own. You know, singles push, and it was you know he was ready. He was ready for the spotlight. They said he should have had the spotlight back then. He wasn't ready for it. He was ready now. I've always loved, I, I not always loved, but since he's been back in the WWE, love Drew, love what he's doing, love his physicality, love the look, everything about it. Um, no disrespect to Roman. I like this heel turn. I like the whole tribal chief, chief angle. I think this is perfect for him. This is the right time for Roman to be, you know, asserting his dominance as a heel. But I mean, Drew, come on, you gotta, I gotta go, Drew. All right. Well, hey, Chris. I respectfully disagree. I think, as I've said on other podcasts of ours, Roman Reigns is getting pushed to the stratosphere right now. <laughs> I think he is booked up for the next six to ten months. And they're, they're building towards this giant. You have to build the monster for someone to beat the monster, right? Right. I and I I hear you. I get that and I know you know what? You're probably right, but I still even with that knowledge and even accepting that, I'm still going Drew. It's a bold move. And I respect bold. your opinion, but it's this is if you put any money against Roman Reigns the next 6 months, you just light that money on fire because Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's fine. All right, and next up, we have the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits versus the Raw Tag Team Champions, the New Day. Uh, Warren? Who wins I, this match and why? I, this, one, this is probably the one match where I would be fantastic either way. Um, and I think that this match probably is going to tear the house down. But I have to go with the New Day here. Um, I just... <laughs> I, I've, always, I've always been a fan of the New Day um, through their, their rough beginnings to what they've become, and I'm glad that they've kept... Now, at least two of them together for this long, um, Xavier and Kofi. Uh, and I don't I just I don't really know why I picked the new day. I just just picked them. I was there for from the beginning of the Street Profits. I saw their rise to fame in NXT. I saw them get the straps in a, um in the ladder match. I was in the building when that happened. I am huge, huge fans, and I wasn't always a fan of Angelo Dawkins, but he grew on me with the Street Profit stuff. Um, Montez Ford is another crazy athletic uh, individual, but I, I got to go with the new day here. Yeah, it's hard to argue with any of those points, Warren. Chris, who do you think is going to win and why? Again, this was this one was really hard. I I flip flopped a lot with this one. 
Um, New Day. I mean, what can you really, what more can you say about the New Day? They've proven to everyone that they are the most dominant tag team, possibly even stable, um, up until you know Biggie's departure. I mean, they. What what are they up to for tag team titles? They, what is it like ten, 10 or something? I think uh, it might even be more than ten. No, it's not more than ten. Um, it's in the seven eight range. Honestly. Seven eight somewhere in there. They said I ten mean, on the pay per view this evening. So they did I'm say ten. Oh, so yeah, maybe maybe they just hit ten. Maybe they, one. they just got to ten then. I mean, they it's. There's great. They're great. And I love Xavier Woods. I think Xavier Woods should definitely have a, a singles push at some point. Like he yes. more yeah. than deserves a singles push. Kofi finally got his, you know, WWE title, which was long deserved. I mean, and their chemistry together, their wrestling IQ is, you know, they're the they're probably one of the perfect, most perfect tag teams that have ever stepped into the ring. However, Street Profits are on fire, man. They are just on fire. They have so much steam behind them. The the crowd loves them. They always have the place hype. I remember when we, me and Warren saw them before they were the Street Profits, they were still like working it out, like figuring out what they were doing. Um, at an NXT live show, and even then, they didn't even. Angelo Dawkins was Angelo Dawkins, but no one knew who Montez Ford was. No, but he had that crowd behind him. I mean, all we knew was that he was wearing red shoes, and Angelo Dawkins was wearing white shoes, and the crowd was chanting "Red shoes, white shoes, red shoes, white shoes." And then the pop when uh, Montez got the hot tag at one point, and we and the crowd was going. Red shoes, red shoes, red shoes. They loved him. They didn't even know who he was. And that's how, what's the word? Like charismatic. Um, um, that's how much fire he pumps out, you know, when he's in the mat. Like it's it's all eyes on Montez Ford, right? So uh, I love the Street Profits. I'm going with the Street Profits. I think they're going to sneak one out here on the new day. Um, but this match is definitely going to be the match of the night. Yeah, I would agree with everything you said, Chris. And honestly, I agree with everything you said, Warren. I think I I picked the Street Profits myself in this matchup. And I think the reason why is I believe this to be the passing of the torch. I know that that's said often. But not that I think the New Day are going anywhere. But I think this is more of a, this is a tag team that's been around for years and years and years that have been on top for years and years and years recognizing the up and coming team that's going to carry the WWE for the next five to six to 10 years. Right. I, I think the street profits are my favorite tag team in the WWE. They might even be my favorite match to watch week in and week out. So this yeah. is you're saying that this is basically their coming of age point. Yeah, right. I think this is what t- takes them from the up and coming. You know, the, these are the guys you got to watch out for to the established 
best tag team in the company. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And can I just say, what a time to be a black wrestling fan. I mean, you got the New Day who have been dominating tag team game for how long, you know, for the last couple of years. You got the Street Profits, new up and coming tag team. Two, you have the tag team titles. So you have two black tag team champions on both brands. And you also have the Hurt Business, all black stable. Like, and they have, they, you know, Bobby Lashley has gold around. I mean, this is, I, I love it. This is great. What a time. What a Your time. SmackDown Women's Champion is also African American. SmackDown Women's Champion also black. Like this is just a, you know, if if Martin could see us now, <laughs> this is what he fought for. <laughs> you know, and t- to piggyback on that a little bit, I think it's I think it's cool that the New Day and the Street Profits have very different gimmicks, right? Yes. Like the, very the New different. Day are like fun loving kind of dorky you know kind of silly silly but but they're they're goofy so um yeah no i i totally agree with chris with uh with what he was saying um it is very it's a very different time to see someone in prominent positions in a person of color uh, that just wasn't always the case when we were growing up. Um, it was extremely rare. Or you knew that if you saw someone that was a person of color, that they, you kind of knew what kind of gimmick they were going to be uh, saddled with. Um, and there were very few... Uh, very few choices, but this is this is a really good time here in in 2020 to be a wrestling fan, if you are a uh, a person of color. You're talking about the difference in between the gimmicks, and you know how New Day is. You know they're kind of silly, they're nerdy. You know they do kind of like a lot of pop culturey kind of stuff. And the Street Profits, I think this is, it's like black excellence, like they're. You know, they they use the slang. They're kind of hood, you know, red solo cups and the chains and, the, you know, they got the dances and the swag, but it's not as. It's not crime timey. And I, I mean, crime time. Great tag team, but very I, I think crime. I always said this crime time set us back like 40 years, like just the way like their gimmick. I didn't like how they portrayed the two black yeah. guys. Like it was very like, come on. Like they're stealing stuff. They're like selling bootleg stuff. Like what? Yeah. There wasn't very much uh, thought and effort put into the their gimmick and whatnot. Yeah. It was very. Um, Nothing away from, Sh- from Chad and JTG. No, they, they were great in the ring. They were phenomenal, phenomenal but just and the stereotypical. Oh, absolutely. At the game, I just did not. I felt absolutely. like they, the way they wrestled, deserved more respect than what you know. But they were over, though. They were over. Yeah, they were so over. No, hundred percent. 
I'd love to see JTG get a run in uh somewhere if, if it's not WWE. Get JTG over to um to AEW. Get JTG yeah. to Impact. Um, get him in a, a a big prominent spot on a on a television wrestling program. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, again, I think my favorite thing about the New Day and the Street Profits both they are both excellent in the ring, and they both cut great promos. Very different, obviously, but you know when when either one of them have a segment where they're only talking, I I enjoy it every time. Yeah. And I think it's, I don't know. I, th- I I think they're clearly the two best tag teams in, in WWE. I said that to each one of you before we even came on the show is I, I was really hoping that they'd put the Street Profits over because this is the only legitimate competition they've had, in my opinion. Yeah. And I hope That's they true. win this match to solidify how great they actually are. Hard to disagree with them being the two best tag teams in WWE right now. So uh, with that being said, let's go on to our last match, which, you know, is not by no means the main event of the pay-per-view, but the main (laughs) event of our picks. It's going to be the United States champion Bobby Lashley versus the Intercontinental champion Sami Zayn. Uh, Chris, who do you think is going to win this match and why? I'm going to go with Sami Zayn. Um, they've met before. Sammy's, I think Sammy has a win over Lashley already. Um, and I, I just think Sami Zayn is... Oh, God. He's just... I think he's such a clown. He makes me laugh when he's in the ring. I love the this new like kind of heel tactics that he has. Um, I think that's great. And he's just like phenomenal in the ring. He's just a great wrestler. Um, so yeah, I'm just going, I'm going Sami Zayn over Lashley. Um, I was never really a big Lashley guy. So yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Warren, who wins this match and why? Um, I too am not a Lashley guy. Never have been not in the WWE. Not with his stuff in TNA. I hated his stupid headband in TNA. It never seemed to come off. Tried to wrestle in the headband when he came back to WWE. It was still stupid then. Um, so I'm all about Sami Zayn. Um, been, a, been a fan of Sami Zayn back in his ROH days when he was uh, El Generico and he was from Mexico? Um Mexico? <laughs> you have to say it like that. Mexico? Um, but you could see uh you could see his talent in the ring. It, it just pops off of the screen. He comes to NXT, no mask, Sami Zayn, and he's the Uber baby face. Gets his, you know, gets handed his flowers as he wins the NXT title, moves up to, to Raw, gets hurt, da-da-da, fast forward. His heel turn, I don't know. I didn't know if he was going to be able to do it. I thought he was going to be a forever face. He is phenomenal as the uh, the scaredy cat heel almost. Um, 
and his, his run with this IC title has been great. Uh, so, yeah, going Sami Zayn. All right. Yeah, I, I respect both those picks. Uh, can I ask a follow-up question to both of you? Okay. So, first and foremost, I pick Bobby Lashley to win this match. Um, I am a bigger fan of Sami Zayn than Bobby Lashley myself. I do love the Hurt Business, but never been a big Bobby Lashley fan. How the reason I picked Bobby Lashley is I couldn't come up with a scenario in my head where Sami Zayn wins. So if Just I based on, based on recent booking of Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if I was in charge and I was head writer or whatever the case, and I said, okay, I want Sami Zayn to win. How would I get him to go over on Lashley? Um, I'd say probably something sneaky. I'd say probably something uh, a bit of a schmoz kind of thing where there's some outside interference. Maybe the ref gets distracted. Low blow kind of thing. Um, many many different ways that that you could you could portray that and still make it look credible hmm. see I, I i disagree i just don't the way the way lashley's been built up recently i just I, honestly i don't know what they're doing with him i don't know where he's going but they're building him up to be this this giant monster that can't be beaten mm-hmm. so and I think for him to lose, it's going to have to be a meaningful loss to someone where he drops the belt. And I just don't see it happening at this pay-per-view, personally. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So that ends our discussion for the 2020 Survivor Series. We'll reveal who had the best picks on our next pre-show episode next week. And that brings us to our final topic of the mini-sode, this particular Survivor Series uh, takes place 30 years after The Undertaker made his debut. Uh, me, personally, I've actually had the week off from work, so I haven't done a whole lot of anything. And I watched the entire uh, Undertaker Last Ride documentary. Loved every second of it. The question... I have two... Eh, two and a half, maybe three questions to pose to both of you is... What's your favorite Undertaker match slash moment? Where does he rank all time, in your opinion? And do you think he will stay retired? And I want to give the floor to Chris first. Chris, what do you think? So, my favorite, I don't know if I can pick a favorite. The first thing that obviously jumps into my mind is Hell in a Cell. Him and Mankind have this giant cell enclosure, this cage enclosure around the rings. First time we've ever seen anything like it. They climb to the top of this thing, and he, one, throws Mankind off of it onto an announce table. Mankind gets back up, goes back to the top. Then he choke slams him through the cell, which if you watch any documentary on the first hell in the cell that was not supposed to happen that was completely 
the the bindings for that gate were supposed to hold. It didn't hold. He fell. Undertaker thought he killed him. He thought he was dead. And he they thought they were going to call the match. And Mick said, nope, we're going. And that that whole match, Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in a Cell, that was probably like my favorite my favorite match of the Undertakers. Um, do I think he's going to stay retired? God, I hope so. I just, and not because I don't love the Undertaker. I want him to stay be, stay retired because I love him so much. I would just hate to see him try and keep going and keep going and keep going and, you know, something terrible happening to him in the ring. Um, you know, he's not, he's not a spring chicken anymore. And the, you know, he's been competing at this high level for 30 some odd, 30 years, basically. More, you know, if you count, you know, his before he came into the WWE, so 30 plus years and uh, just I don't know how much more he had, how many more bumps he has in him. So I hope he stays retired. But, you know, how these guys are, they just they they just they're like drug addicts. You know, (laughs) they need just a little more taste, just one more big pop and then I'm done. And, you know, they just love chasing that feeling. Um. He's up there. I would say he's in top, definitely top 10, possibly even top five for me. If I had to like sit down and think about my, you know, top five wrestlers, I would say Undertaker's up there. Interesting. Well, you know, that's a discussion for another podcast, of course. But uh, Warren, same questions to you, sir. Um, So a slight, slight correction, Chris, this was actually not the first Hell in a Cell. The first Hell in a Cell did involve The Undertaker, but it was Undertaker Shawn Michaels. And it oh, I was. I thought that was second. Which one? Because that was oh. the second one. Was I thought the second one was the one when Kane came. No, that was the first one when Kane yeah. came. Okay. All right. I want to. I'm it's, not sure if this Kane. <laughs> I'm not sure if this one was. I'm pretty sure this one was second. Um, this one was second. I want to say this one was second. Um, but you know, slight correction there. So, uh, match. Gosh, it's so hard to pick a match. Um, for a mo, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a match, but the the Hell in a Cell with uh with mankind is probably the moment that I would say is my favorite. Um, one of the things that I did when we when I got the WWE Network because I did watch that pay per view live. I went back to watch it again. And what you don't realize is that's very early on in the pay-per-view. Um, maybe the second match of the pay-per-view is this Hell in a Cell match. And uh, you forget how quickly they just, like Chris said, they went right up to the top of the cage, started up there. Five minutes in, he's throwing them off of the off the cage through the announce table. Um that would probably be my favorite moment. Match, I think it would have to be the matches later on uh, once the streak got real hot and heavy. His two with Shawn Michaels and then his third one with uh, with Triple H when Shawn Michaels is the referee. Um, those would probably be my favorite taker matches. Um, where does he rank all time? He's got to be 
you have to have him in your top three. And I think a lot of people forget. A lot of people forget because they want to go Austin. They want to go rock. They want to figure out where to put Triple H. Um, but if you're he's he's has to nobody the character the Undertaker is the greatest character in professional wrestling history. He's reinvented himself numerous times. He's always 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 been over, um, and. His entrance to this day with the the aura, the lights, the smoke, the gong going off, um, it still can create. It'll still give people the goosebumps that are in the audience when they're when they are having an audience. Um, I, I think people need to really give the Undertaker his due um, and put him in that top three with and put him in the same breath with the rocks and the Austins uh, as, as best of best of all time. Do I think he'll stay retired? You can never say never when it comes to professional wrestling. You can never say never when it comes to WWE and the way they've been able to do the cinematic matches with the Boneyard match at WrestleMania with AJ Styles. Um, the fact that they've had to go to this with COVID and whatnot. I think that'll extend his career, so to speak, if he wants to. Because um, he doesn't necessarily need to be uh, on the grind bumping on Monday Night Raw every single week. Um but he can put together a cinematic match for a, a big pay-per-view in a big spot. Um, so I don't, I don't think he will stay retired. I think he'll pop in here and there for a big story, a big match at a big pay-per-view. Um, but it will, it'll, it'll just be even more infrequent than it is now. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, I think me personally, the undertaker will never be fully retired. I don't know if we'll really see him wrestle an actual match again, but I do think he'll pop in and out from time to time. Maybe, you know, give a tombstone here and there, you know, kind of things of that nature, I guess. Um, my favorite undertaker moment and this is one that I discovered pretty recently was and Warren, you're probably going to have to help me on this one. I think it was the elimination chamber, if I'm not mistaken, where on his way to the ring, he got lit on fire. Oh, yes. And he sat in the elimination chamber cage for like 40 minutes, like with second degree burns, just kept pouring water over himself and then got in and fought for like another 45 minutes. Then went to the hospital. I mean, you know, that's a all time Iron Man kind of kind of deal at that point. 100%. Uh, rank all time is tough for me. Because I, I recognize everything the Undertaker did longevity. I agree with the fact that I think it's probably the best gimmick that's ever been introduced in wrestling history. 
and I'll leave it with this, and I don't really want to spoil anything for anybody, but I think everyone has a Mount Rushmore, right? So they have four wrestlers that they think define the business. And I have my Mount Rushmore. I know the two of you also do. I think The Undertaker is just outside of that for me. Um, not by much, obviously. I, you know, he's a top, easily top 10, probably top six, maybe even top five. Uh, but he's right underneath that greatest of all time. You know, if there's a A and 1A, he's 1A to me. Which I don't think should be anything taken away from him. That's just kind of how I always felt about The Undertaker. I don't know if you have your top four or top five off the top of your head. But if you if you had them, what what would they be, Pills? Mm. So are we talking my personal top four or my top four as far as like what I think they meant to wrestling and their impact on the, the business? I I think I think the conversation they're wildly different lists. By the way. So I think the conversation would be what they meant to the business because my because Undertaker wouldn't necessarily be in my top four. Okay. Um, personally, but what he's done to the business thirty years. Once you get past Austin Rock Hogan, uh, it's hard for me to put anybody else in there at four. See, I. I think you have you have an argument there at four, and I I can think of at least a few different people. One being mm-hmm. Flair. F- Flair would be a conversation, but we mentioned when we watched um when we watched Bash at the Beach, there the the prime Flair that we can go back and watch the mid eighties. We didn't really get to see. Up here in the Northeast. By the time we saw Flair was post all that when he came to the WWE. And then after he left the WWE, went back into the 90s WCW, um, which Flair was still top notch. Um, but the 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 Flair that the meat and the potatoes of, of Flair coming up as the NWA champion, we didn't really get a chance to see that in its in you know in its prime. So for me, it's hard for me to, I don't want to discredit it, but it's hard for me to put that from what I saw of Flair uh, above what I saw of Undertaker. All right. And, you know, I I don't argue with you either. I I think for me, my top three are the same, Hogan, Rock, Austin. Mm Mm-hmm. My fourth, and this is going to be very controversial, but my fourth would be uh, Savage. No, that's not controversial at all, honestly. And I don't, I, I think mostly for the impact he had on not only wrestling, but pop culture in general, is there is 
outside of those three people that we named beforehand, there's not a wrestler that's more synonymous with wrestling than the Macho Man Randy Savage, in my opinion. Undertaker's oh, they, I, close. He he's not far away, yeah. <clears throat> and that's what I said. He wasn't a distant fifth or sixth or however you draw it up. It, but um, he just misses it for me, which I don't think is anything to be upset about or to think oh. that I'm slighting him by any stretch of the imagination. Not, you know? not at all. Not it's at all. Varying opinions, if you will. And I and I just think a lot of people. Um, a lot of people maybe don't, don't really think how heavy that 30 years of the undertaker was and what he's done and the accomplishment, uh, the accomplishments that he's had. And it was just kind of, I don't know. There was always a, a shadow that was over it. When he first came to WWE, was Hogan was the guy that was on top. When he Hogan leaves, and then here comes Brett and Sean, and they're kind of on top. Then they they leave, and then here's Rock and Austin, and you know Taker's just been there from ninety, yeah, thirty years, so ninety. Um. He's just been there and he's faced them all and he's beat them all. and He's lost to some of them. And then, you know, now we get to the day and age here where it's Brock and it's Seth and it's Roman. And, you know, the Undertaker was still still kicking and kicking along. <clears throat> right, exactly. He was never... <sighs> <clears throat> he was oh it seemed to me that he was always the second guy right yeah which is not a bad place to be but he was there consistently for a very very long time chris uh do you want to add anything to this before we sign off uh no i think we i mean thank you undertaker um oh actually real quick um i have a quick undertaker story so senior year Went on a class trip, France and Italy. On our way back, we were coming back on a Monday. Um, and we were coming. We had a connecting flight. It was our last flight coming into Albany from, it was either South Carolina or Georgia or somewhere like that. Little tiny plane. It was like a two-hour flight in the middle of the night. Um, we're on the plane. One of my friends goes to the bathroom comes back and it's like yo i'm not sure but i think the undertaker's on our plane I'm like what you never told me this no way Undertaker's not. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the undertaker he's got these you know big black shades on he's got a bandana around his head like i think it's the undertaker or it could just be a biker we were all too nervous to go up back into the you know bathroom and you know get a sneak a peek um by the time I had like got up the courage, like I'm gonna go, uh, they turned on the you know fast seatbelt sign. Couldn't get out of my chair. We land. They, I see this big guy get up. Just looks like a biker from behind. Gets off the plane. Then they you know let us out. Go down to baggage claim. Find my bag. See mom. See dad. Give mom a hug. Go up to dad. First thing he says to me, 
I just saw the effing Undertaker. It's <laughs> 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 like, oh yeah. Like, oh yeah, he he was on our plane and he's like He's like, did you go talk to him? I was like, no, we were too nervous. He's like, come on, boy. You should have went and got up and got a picture of something. <laughs> so dad got to see The Undertaker. I was like so close to like meeting The Undertaker. He was on my, I was on the same plane as him, but didn't, I got, I saw him from behind. So that's my Undertaker story. Wow. You never told me that. Uh, I, well, I mean, if I would have actually met him, I probably would have never shut up about it, but I was like. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's still pretty close. It was pretty close. It was pretty close. I think he was he was coming. He wasn't there for Raw, but he was there for, I think they were doing like like SmackDown was taping there or something. Because it was Monday night that we got in. Gotcha. So, I don't know. So, yeah, that's my Undertaker story. That's a great story. <laughs> it would have been better if you met him. But, I think yeah. your Ray Mysterio story was better because you actually. Oh, your Ray Mysterio story was much better. Oh, I know, but you know, I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so this but, has been the longest pre-show of all time. The longest. So Let's, I do want to uh, thank my. I want to thank my co-host for coming on, Warren. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for being on this uh, pre-show. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Of course, anytime. So, with that being said, in the next couple days, you will hear our discussion of Survivor Series 1987. Until then, you can find us on all social media platforms. On Instagram, we are Triple R Pod. On Facebook, we are Triple R Pod. On Twitter, we are Triple R Pod. Our website is triplerpodcast.com. And if you really want to send us an email, you can at the real triple R podcast at gmail.com. It's been a pleasure and we can't wait to hear from you guys in the next couple of days. Have a good night, gentlemen. Have a good night. See you.